We are in Sefer Yeshayahu, Perek Dalet, Pasuk Aleph, the Hechsiku Shefa Noshim. First, uh, I would like to dedicate the uh, Shir today to the Aliyah Neshama of Harav, Pesach Eliezer and Moshe Mordechai. May he continue to be a Melitz Yosher to his family and to all Klal Yisrael. So, this is a very interesting paraparadolid in that it's six psukim. And it is a perfect illustration of the point we have made before, time and again, but it's worth repeating because it's so perfect of what we're trying to say. And that is that the pagination and the chapterization of the Navi that has come down to us is totally arbitrary. We Jews had nothing to do with making the Peric divisions. Um, paradoxically, it was done by Christian theologians. The reason being that in the Middle Ages there, when the printing press was invented, Jews in many European countries were not allowed to own printing presses, so they were in the hands of others. And to do this, they would recruit Christian theologians, some of <clears throat> lesser understanding, and so they would arbitrarily select the beginning of a parrot, the end, the sentence, etc. And so, as I say, here's a perfect example. We ended parrot gimel <clears throat> with the terrible punishments that are going to be meted out to these women who perverted the system of um, shalom bias and through Gilu Arroyos and adultery, completely dismantled the fabric of, of the Jewish home and the Jewish nation, and we ended that they would end up in mourning and widowed. And now the first pasuk of Perikdal, it begins with Hechziku Sheva Nashim, and now therefore, women will, seven women will grab onto one man because there's such a a multiplicity of widows. That belongs in the last parak, is the last sentence, not the first sentence of the next parak. So be that as it may, I say it's, it's an excellent illustration. So says the Navi, there are going to be so many almonos, and that we don't know, by the way, uh, is this relevant now to the time of uh, Sancheriv? Melech Achaz, who was one of the kings contemporaneous with Yeshayahu, was he talking about that time where the Assyrian general killed 125,000 Jews in one day, we had learned in Malachim Beis, and therefore there is a plentitude of almanos, of widows, or is it in the time of Nebuchadnezzar? More likely, it is the time of Nebuchadnezzar. But in any case, the Novi is telling us the situation is so desperate for women. Seven women, and that's just a number that we use when it's more than two or three, it's seven. Seven women would latch on to one man, who in those days lay more saying to them, Lachmenu nochel, besimlosenu nilbash, raki koreshimcha olenu, esof herprosenu. In other words, we will supply our provisions and our food. We will supply our clothing. We know that that are the two responsibilities, among others, of the husband 
stated in the Kasuva, he must do it, and yet they're saying, we will waive our claim to food and clothing, we will supply it ourselves, um, just so that we will have your name, your family name, so that our shame, our herpa, will not be um, continued. In other words, we're waving everything, we just want to be married, which we say sometimes that, you know, the Jewish woman is a, prefers, not prefers, wants to be married. Interestingly enough here, Esof Herpersenu, let me read you Rashi. Kishehaya Nesua, when a Jew was married, ain't no hagin ba minhag hefker. She's not like Hefker. What do we mean by Hefker? That we have, and he, Rashi gives us a very strange agada. It's that when Nebuchadnezzar exiled the women of Judea, and let me read that to you, Nebuchadnezzar Gaza, he made a gezerah, shelo yivalu eshes ish, shelo yaanshu, that you were not allowed, if you were a Babylonian soldier, you were not allowed to violate an ish, another uh, man's wife, because you would be punished. This was a big Esau, and it's hard to imagine the Bukhanetzer, we never realized he was such a tzaddik, that he's saying, fine, you can do anything to the single women you want, but Violating an Aishas Ish is an Easter Daraisa. Do not do it. So, therefore, the Jewish women were desperate that they be stamped as an Aishas Ish to avoid this terrible Busha and Avera of um, the Babylonian soldiers. It's a very strange Rashi but it's understandable in a certain way. So that Nebuchadnezzar, so these women were desperate that men marry them. Now, we make a sudden shift from Pasuk Aleph to Pasuk Beis. By Yom Ha'ho, in that day, yet Semach Hashem L'tzvi U'lechavod. In that day, there will be the Tzemach Hashem. Tzemach is an absolute shorthand expression for the Mashiach. Tzmichas based David. We said it in Shmon Esrei this morning. Tzemach uh, is the Mashiach. So in the times of the Mashiach, yell at Chavod, it will be for glory and honor. Upriya aretz l'gaon luciferus, and the fruits of the land, the fruits of the land could be a metaphor for the tzaddikim and the rabbanim, will be luciferus, the platas Yisrael, for the remnant of Yisrael. And so we see again, and Rev Schwab, in his beautiful commentary on Yeshayahu, points it out that Yeshayahu is, of course, called the prophet of doom. He's also called the prophet of consolation. And so says Rabshav, we see both within this very parrot. He uses this as an example, that we shift from one to the other. And in the nature of a spoiler alert from Perik Mem, from 40 to the end of Yeshayahu, it's all consolation. But at this point, it's a shifting, often within Perik's, often within sentences, from 
doom and despair to consolation and hope. So he's saying that the Mashiach will be coming and it will be to the glory of the Tzaddikim. And those remnants of Tzion, they will say they are holy. In other words, the Rabbanim, the teachers, and all will be said to be in life in Yerushalayim. And from this we get nothing less that this is a prophecy of Trias HaMesim, that there is going to be a return to life, the people will be brought back. And many say it's the source of so many people, even to today, especially today, the being buried in Yerushalayim, and certainly in Israel, that the Mashiach is going to come. Some say the burial place is Harzion, otherwise say anywhere in Yerushalayim. That will be the ushering in of Trias HaMesim. Pasuk Dalet. In Rechatz Adonai Esos we're going back to those women of ill repute, if he, when he washes away their shame, the dirt, and the blood that was spilled in Yerushalayim, be it um, the Kilim, the Menashe era, and others where there was just blood, or enemies, uh, is cleansed. Mirkirba, Beruach, Mishpat, Uberuach, where Yerushalayim will reign or be uh, governed by a ruach, a spirit of justice, a spirit of rooting out, really burning the evil. Hilly, is he saying, is he saying that um, it's gonna happen, Hashem's gonna do that, or that the people are gonna do something to make it happen? I mean, is it basically saying, just sit back and wait and, and do it? <laughs> No, he, from reading it, he's saying, yes, this is the end of days. This is what's going to happen. The people will return. Uh, but it is the Kaddish Baruch that's going to initiate, it's going to initiate the Mashiach and do the cleansing. Uvara Hashem al-Tol Machon Hartzion. What's more, the Kaddish Baruch is going to restore on Hartzion, which again is a synonym for the Beis Hamikdash. Al-Mikra Anon, he's going to bring a cloud yomam in daytime. The Ashan, a pillar of smoke, the Noga Esh, a pillar of fire, Lahava Lila burning at night, Hialkol Kavod Chupa, because there will be a canopy on the total glory. We recognize the language completely. This is in the Midbar, and this is in the Mishkan. There was a cloud that led them by day, a pillar of fire at night, a cloud that surrounded the Mishkan. This is what is when we are going to be restored to the glory of the Mishkan, to the Midbar, the protection of the Kodesh Baruch There will be a canopy over all Yeshu Shalayim. The sukkah, and now we go to the metaphor of a sukkah, it will protect It'll be a canopy during the day from the sword, and from the flowing, the sun's boiling and the water. Most Mephoshim are puzzled at some of the metaphor here. The sun burning, we know there is a prophecy that says that at that time, and the Mashiach comes, 
the Kaddish Baruch will release the sun from its filters and it will burn the Rishoyim. But because of this canopy, B'nai Israel will be protected. What the water means, etc., uh, we are not sure. It is, as one of the Mepharshim say, we will learn in the Moshiach what the symbolism is, but there will be a protection over all Yisrael. The Matar also, uh, that is, the flow of water, is at the end of days, the flood of Gog and Magog. But whatever it is that Kaddish Baruch was promising, a return to the land, a return to the base Hamikdash, and a protection that is the equivalent of the days of old, where they were completely protected. Now, we're going to go to Ches, and what interests us today is the first seven psukim. Yes. Is it gonna, they're going to protect that, and Chuppah is going to protect the uh, Rishayim who has... Exactly. Also, exactly. It protects it from the sun. That Chuppah will protect Israel from that days of the burning sun that will destroy all the Rishayim. Jews will be protected. So the Jews that are, that are Rishayim as well are going to be saved as well? Or that are what? The Rishayim that are Jews, that are part of class, right? they're going to be protected as well under that Chuppah? Good question. Not so sure. In other words, yeah, um, apparently that they're Jews, they will be saved. But yes, then again, there are specific right that where the Rishayim of all stripes will be removed. Now we are going to a different kind of prophecy that we've seen up till now in Parakei. We start Pasukah Ashira na lididi shiras dodi lekarmo. This is, as the Abarbanel says, a lesser form of Nevoah. It's not Chazon Yishayahu. It is a parable. In a parable, we are governed by what the Abarbanel says is the Ruach HaKodesh. It's where the Kaddish Baruch Hu tells him to speak, but the words are Yishayahu's himself. And what he does is use the parable of a vineyard, uh, of a friend. It is totally, uh, you know, um, a easily recognizable parallel, but let's go right into it. Ashira, but even the fact that he's giving a very harsh prophecy, Ashira shows the underlying love. It, it's it's a word of song. Ashira Naladidi to my friend, Shiras Dodi, this is the song of my friend, it would be Dodi is Kodesh Baruch Hu, L'charma, as to his vineyard. Karen Hoyala Yididi, Bekaren Bain Shomen. My friend, or my beloved, had a vineyard, and it was Bekaren in the corner of Ben Shomen, one of the most fertile uh, places in Israel, probably in Yerushalayim. Vayazakehu, and he fenced it in. Vayisakalehu, he cleared it of the stones, etc. Vayitaehu Sharik, he put in the best vines. The Gamyekev, he even put the wine press, Chotzebo, within the vineyard itself. Vayakev Lasos Anavim, and he had the expectation that out of this beautiful carom where every step was taken would come wonderful grapes, and instead, Vayas Bushin, it came out spoiled, rotten, vinegary. By the way, each adjective there, Vayaskeu, there's a metaphor there. Um, he can close it with a protective fence. That's the Ananeha Kavod. 
of Sikhalein removed the rocks, that's the Kaddish Baruch Hu removing the Ame Kanan, the enemies. The Nateu, the vine cutting, is all, uh, the tower, for example, is the base Hamikdash. Each one, in the process of building that vineyard, <coughs> is a metaphor for something the Kaddish Baruch Hu has done to protect B'nai Yisrael. The Atta Yoshev Yushalayim, um, and now, Dwell in Yerushalayim, Yehuda, Shiftuna. Those who dwell in Yerushalayim, those who live in Yerushalayim, you judge Beniu Vein Karmi. Often the Novi uses a, a metaphor of, I'm calling you to judge. I'm asking you to judge, like when Nassan comes to David and tells him the easily recognizable story of him and Batsheva through a uh, man who had a, a, one sheep. But now judge. And tell me who's right. And of course, here, Yishayol does not wait for an answer. It is rhetorical. Shift to no beni uvein karmi. Mala so so the karmi. What can I do for the, my vineyard for lower sisi that I didn't do? Madua kivisi la so so. No Why would I have every expectation that it would be wonderful, beautiful grapes? And it made spoiled, worthless, rotten grapes. Now I'm going to tell you, says Yeshayahu, what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I'm going to remove the protection. I'm going to let the gates be trampled. They will be trampled, just as Judea will be trampled in this period. Any nation going to war with another nation, Egypt, Syria, Syria, Egypt, Syria, uh, traversing, you could come across the land without anyone stopping you. I am going to take away my protection. This is an example of Hester Panim. I'm not going to do anything. Just going to remove the barriers and let what happened happen. It will be desolate. All the grapes are simeham love matzah. There will be no rain. There will be no dew. Nothing will grow. Karam Hashem Svaos Beis Yisrael. And now the actual metaphor. The Karam is a for Beis Yisrael. The issue who Sony. That's who I cried. It is Yehuda. The Kerem is Yehuda and Yerushalayim. I have built it with every expectation of success. And no, they have neglected it. And they will be punished. Yikov the Mishpat. And I had hoped for Mishpat. Here's an interesting play on words. I heard of Mishpat Behine Mishpat. Instead of Mishpat came um, evil, came uh, destruction. Litstaka for justice. He needs to Instead of justice, there is the cry of affliction. And so that concludes the metaphor of this very easily recognizable karam. As we say, it's a different kind of nevuah than we're accustomed to. It's in the form of parable, and we will see it again. And tomorrow, we shift back to the days of Moshiach in the Messianic era, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow.